With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I am with you every single Sunday. Right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life. And of course the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 800-520-1534. That's 800-520-1534. You can also uh, follow us during the week and, of course, during the show on Twitter at Jesus Show, at Jesus Show. There is much that uh, can distract you in life always something that's in your in your view but nothing should ever take your eyes from me Paul in Romans wrote who shall separate us from the love of Christ Romans 8.35 now the, the way he, he says it and puts it to paper is that nothing can. That is the answer. Nothing can. But I want to ask you today, what are the things that distract you? The strange part is that there are many things that kind of cloak themselves in the guise of Christianity or spirituality that will take your eyes from me. Some things you even think come from me, but you learn in Scripture that the, the enemy is, is an enemy of counterfeits. He loves to produce things that are going to distract you, to mimic. And it's not that the enemy can duplicate the things of God, but he surely can mimic things and distract you and make you think that maybe you're hearing from God. And I know at this point you go, well, then how do I know? You know. If the enemy and I stood before you, you'd know the difference. The Gnostics were a group of people that believed they knew things. They had higher knowledge than everyone else. That's a bad sign. They led themselves and other people astray by convincing themselves and others that they had some sort of direct line to God. And therefore, the word of God didn't even matter. But I want you to think about uh, counterfeits for a moment. I want you to think about how counterfeits come across your life. Something deep down inside you usually tells you there's a problem. 
the way it came across your hands, the generosity of an individual didn't seem to match the situation, whatever it is. Ask questions. Don't lose sight of God. And don't justify the things around you to make you feel better. I didn't spend the time with the Father and the Spirit to put together an entire love letter to you called the Bible for you to disregard it. Just toss it out. I hear people use the term organized religion a lot, and then I hear people use the term spirituality. And it seems that spirituality has kind of an upturned nose at organized religion. Organized religion has become a pejorative, a bad word. Yet spirituality somehow sounds open-minded and and loving. Sounds deeply personal, intimate. But many times, it is not. It's a manufactured excuse to not be connected, to not be accountable to God. And I know that there's a lot of wonderful things to talk about in Scripture that seem like, oh, they, you know, they don't ask a lot of me, and I can just love God and smile through it all, and it's going to be great. And God's just about one big happy thought. No, there, there are consequences to all things. If there is any truth, then there is also that which is not true, that has consequences. And this whole time, my only desire is to get your attention to see the truth. And I know it's, it's often easier to go down a different path. A path that uh, you don't have to struggle with as much. And I'm not sure where that came from. I'm not sure where you got in Scripture that life wasn't going to still have difficulties just because you believed. You see, Christianity doesn't remove the problems from your life. Christianity helps you work through them. Now, it doesn't mean that your life can't get easier because you're applying certain principles that are are healthy, that are efficient, because they go in line with the will of God. This is true. My concern is that you're looking for the easy way at all. It's been said that if there's no resistance in your life, then you're floating downstream. The resistance comes as you swim with all your might against the current. Go upstream. I don't want you to get to that place, that laziness where you start dealing with spirituality, which is kind of this ambiguous term used for anything that that has to deal with God. But there's no accountability, there's no connection. That means nothing. How would you like your house to be built? By someone who has a strict understanding to the laws and concepts of measurement 
or someone who doesn't believe in rulers, doesn't believe in having uh, set demarcations of size, but rather arbitrary ideas and beliefs of what space and size is. It's kind of a contractor's spirituality rather than the ruler. There's nothing wrong with having rules and accountability. It's what moves things forward. But if you go through scripture with a pair of scissors and take out what you don't like and leave in what you do, you come up with something, but it's not the word of God. If you continue to twist and to mutate scripture, saying, oh, that was for then, it's not for now. If you continue to do these things, you get lost. So when Paul states quite confidently, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? The answer obviously being no one and nothing. But I will tell you that the thing that will is getting too comfortable to be at peace with a, a kind of back store, black market Christianity. Mainstream does have its purpose. Abraham Lincoln said that God loved the average man. That's why he made so many of them. That kind of mainstream notion is okay. The desire to break away and be an individual is important for the sake of not being a sheep, for sheep's sake. But you don't break away from that which works, that which is identified with God, that it which is truly the word of God, because you have a problem with organized religion. Organized religion will let you down every time. But there's a purpose to it. And that structure is important. The only thing you have left outside of that is disorganized religion. I like people who run from Scripture saying, well, it was concocted by man, as if their ideas come from somewhere else. Back to the Gnostics, that belief that you have a direct connection with God and that you don't need to listen to Scripture or priests or pastors or preachers. that all these things do come together. And my beloved, I want, you to, I want you to seek the knowledge of Scripture, to spend time in God's Word, to not fear it or to fear God's people. Because these things will point towards accountability. It is the Jesus Christ Show I Am. Your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I encourage you to be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 800-520-1534. That's 800-520-1534. Taylor, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. 
Hello, Jesus. Hi. Um, my question is, okay, the abbreviations for the before Christ in the Bible mm-hmm. and after death in the Bible. Well, um, th- those know, aren't those aren't biblical terms. Those aren't biblical terms. No, those are are okay. terms that are they're abbreviations used in the calendar to uh, demark certain time periods based on okay. based on my birth and and things like that. But um, they they aren't a biblical term. Okay, well, it's about sixth century is, is when they popped up. Oh, okay. Well, my my question is, I'm seeing in publications. Um, just recently, now they're using Common Era, or CE, mm-hmm. to represent after death, mm-hmm. and BCE to uh-huh. represent before Common Era. Is that any indication, or would you say that was a sign of the return of Christ or the end times, or would that be some in, in some way um, a form of implementing um, the disassociation of Jesus to make accepting maybe the Antichrist easier? No, actually, the, that belief is fairly common. The assumption is is that this is trying to eradicate the Christianity from uh, uh, qualifying the the calendar system here. But that's it's not necessarily true because some people um, utilize CE as Christian era and BCE as before Christian era. So both are interchangeable. I know that a lot of times it's uh, people say common era, and that's probably the uh, or current era rather, uh, and before uh, current era. Um, but really, they can be used for uh, before Christian era or Christian era as well. So it doesn't necessarily, oh, okay. doesn't necessarily mean that. I know it comes off that way. Um, and uh, my producer, Neil, for, for instance, rolls his eyes every time he sees it for the same reason, that it just seems like it's, a, it's modifying it to, to stay away. But both uh, deal with... Uh, and then uh, numering, uh, numerical system of the calendar, uh, not having a year zero and all these things. And they, they both pop up around the same time. So it's not like one is necessarily newer. It's just something you're seeing more commonly now. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday right here answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life and the afterlife. I'd love to hear from you. Be bold and brave and go to the phone with your theology question or life situation question anywhere in the U.S. of A. Dial 800-520-1534. That's 800-520-1534. Three, four. Lisa, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Oh, hello. Can you hear me all right? I sure can. How can I help you? Well, you know, Jesus, I loved what you said about having to be discerning and studying something. If something's too easy, we really want to take another look at it. And as you know, and just for your listening audience, um, God, we call Hashem, who is a Jew, um, having infinite, a very intimate relationship mm-hmm. with the Jewish people starting, wow, 5,000 years ago. And when Jews really totally, completely immerse themselves in the relationship with God, again, being discerning, I would like to know what your view is 
what happens to Jews who only adhere um, to God of the Torah. That's the first five books of Moses. It's called the Hebrew Bible after death. And then I have a question, a follow-up question for you. Sure. Well, there's different beliefs in Christianity. I will give you one that is uh, uh, popular with this particular program. So I won't put it on every uh, single theologian out there, but I will say this, um, that it is the belief of this show that uh, our Jewish brothers and sisters are under the first covenant. And if they are living under that first covenant, then they will be judged by that first covenant. However, I will tell you that many Jews do not live under that first covenant. So, okay. it, so it depends. Um, but I think that first covenant is, uh, is still intact with our Jewish brothers and sisters. That's beautiful, because I had a question. As you know, in 1492... Y- yes? Oh... You did not drop off right there. Because they had a close relationship okay. with God, they stayed to deliver babies. Okay, you, so, you, you dropped out there a little bit, so so why don't you re-go, you said in 1492? Um, Queen Isabel expelled the Jews from Spain, we all know that. Many of the uh, Jewish midwives stayed because they knew they were the only ones who could deliver babies. They stayed because they had a belief in God and they were called to deliver babies safely. Many of them were tortured to death by inquisitors. And these women took care of the sick, the widow, the orphan, people in prison, just like Jesus commanded. And the inquisitors who believed in Jesus created widows and orphans and imprisoned people. So I wanted to know if the inquisitor who believed in Jesus with all of his heart, mind, and soul, but created widows and orphans and prisoners, and the Jewish midwives who created, who took care of the sick, the widow, the orphan, and visited people in prison because they loved God so much. Who goes to heaven and who burns forever in a lake of fire? Oh, well, I know that these are fun philosophical questions that people like to ask in hopes of putting uh, people of faith on their heels. Um, that's, that's, that's not my intent. Please uh, but don't I will, put I, that on me. I will tell you this, that the understanding of the Mashiach of the Christian belief system is different than the Mashiach maybe of the Jewish belief system. Amen. And so that causes some confusion. The belief system of Christianity is not do what you want and God will clean it up at the end as long as you say these magic words, which is how it comes across. Yeah, but, but that, no, it it doesn't mean you could do evil things in the name of God and that it's okay. It is the belief of this program that those that are that participated in the Inquisition mm-hmm. uh, were no more doing right uh, by their belief system than those in Nazi Germany were doing right by their country. Can I ask a follow-up question about what you just said, please? Uh, let me clarify yeah, first, uh, because please. when you throw those things around, people get very um, tense listening. And what that means is I don't care what their claim was, that when their actions are such that are outside of the realm of Scripture, and now about their own bias or political beliefs, 
their own desire. It had nothing to do with Christianity whatsoever. It had to do with somebody's bias and belief Mm -hmm. and their desire to propel that bias or belief. Um, That it was abhorrent and it was a foul odor in the nostrils of God Mm -hmm. and that it will not be um, uh, blessed in any way, shape, or form. Now, having said that, there are people that can do heinous things in life that that truly repent. The problem is that man knows that man will lie. Like if some, someone gets put in prison, they'll lie. Oh, I found yeah. God. I'll do this, yeah, anything to get out. That's not repentance. I mean mm-hmm. repentance between God and man where God knows the truth of the man's heart and mm-hmm. will say, just as God spoke to Moses when Moses killed the Egyptian, he said, I'm right yeah. here. I mean, you're not fooling anyone. Yeah. You're, you can d- put all the sand you want on top of him. But I see. Yeah. I see and I will always see that that type of repentance, knowing the difference between the action of Moses, a murderer, um, yeah. and the intent of Moses. Um, God, only God knows that. And in yeah. that sense, yes, God will know the hearts of man that even do horrible things. And we'll know the difference between Moses being a murderer and Moses being someone defending his people. Got it. So with what you just said, and again, these are not word games. Don't project that on me because that's not my intent. Good. Is that when we take a look at someone like Martin Luther, who wanted to block all the Jews in the synagogue and burn it down and called for the expulsion of Jews from his town. But if you're going to go point for point throughout history, I will tell you. You will not find one, not one, throughout Judaism or Christianity that stand tall in righteousness. You will find you will you will find horrible acts done, and you will find horrible acts continually done in the name of many faiths that are defending themselves and their beliefs and their systems. That is across the board. And there are things that you will read in Deuteronomy, and there are things that you will read that are vile outside of an understanding of what they are seated in their context, because that's what happens when, when humans get a hold of something so profound and something so important. I know. We, we say that God's Word is perfect, people's interpretation, not so much. Exactly. The same thing yeah. can be say about, said about the judicial system. The judicial system of the United of States is perfect, save for one problem, that it has to be run by humans. Yeah. That's always going to be the weak link, always. So, so it, we can go so back it, and forth throughout history no, of bad I, I, Jews and bad Christians, yeah. but to what end? Yeah, so my question then is becomes a very, very simple one, and you answered it. I just want to clarify. So if Jews are judged as far as the afterlife, according to the First Covenant, those who are have a true, profound, deep connection with um, the God of Israel um, and act in a way that is consistent with the First Covenant— you believe have a place, a good place in the afterlife, or what you call heaven, what we call the my, world to come. My point was this: that if that Jews are committed to the first covenant, and that yeah. covenant still stands, yeah. if if a modern Jew could live to that covenant, uh-huh. then absolutely that covenant, that promise has already been made. However, modern uh-huh. Jews are not sacrificing. Oh, I was just going to say, we don't have a temple. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so that uh, there's an issue there. And two, that you would still be looking towards the Mashiach. Mashiach, but uh, Jews can... Uh, Jews because you have, there's, there is none yet. 
So you're still no. looking towards that. So either one day, maybe there will be some who will say, Yeshua HaMashiach, and that's the case, or maybe there will be those that are still waiting. But at yeah. that at that time, there will be some decision-making. So it doesn't mean I'm just going to be a good Jew. It means you have to live by the laws and the covenant to a T. If you do not, that covenant does, doesn't stand. The belief system of Christianity teaches that man could not live by that covenant, which is why the second covenant, if you remember, uh, that the covenant that was made between God and Abraham, God put Abraham to sleep, wouldn't even let Abraham make the covenant because man couldn't live by it. So God walked through for both, and the covenant was made. So the Christian addition, and I realize that uh, to our Jewish brothers and sisters, Christianity is essentially a non-Jewish cult that was attached to it. And I, and I, I think that's a legitimate um, uh, look at what Christianity is to uh, our Jewish brothers and sisters. And they added a, 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 a testament, another testament and all of that. But their belief system would be that through that new testament, that new covenant, Mm-hmm. That God um, said man could not do this, could not live up to the laws, and constantly, and was trying to keep up by way of sacrifices, and and so therefore the debt continued, and therefore God paid the debt with the Mashiach, and that those that receive that debt are the ones that will receive the benefits. So that's where that's from a Christian perspective, yeah. but for, as oh, the I perspective, it. I mean, it, it is perfect in and of itself, and. I, I know that you know that after the falling of the Second Temple in 70 um, A.D. or um, C.E., that there were, became in new um, standards by which Jews could get a piece of the world to come, as all good people get a piece of the world to come. But see, these new the standards, these new standards, it would be believed by the early uh, Christians, which were Jews, Christ just means yeah. um, it's a modern term for Mashiach. Yeah, so, it, it so exactly. it all it means is that the there were Jews that believed Yeshua HaMashiach, and that that was their uh, belief system, and yeah. that that was um, fulfilling uh, the the yearning for the Messiah to come, and that oh. was a, a new addition as well. So there's. There is most certainly a difference between the two, and I think Christians sometimes miss that, quite honestly. But from a Jewish standpoint, if if you are living truly, not one jot nor tittle removed, if you are living truly by the first covenant, I believe it's honored by God, and that God still holds that with his people. It is the Jesus Christ Show. I am... Your holy host. Happy to be with you this Sunday as I'm with you every single Sunday right here. Answering your questions and talking about the things that truly matter in life. And of course the afterlife. Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you if you have questions of any kind. 800-520-1534. That's 800-520-1534. And of course you can follow us during the week or during the show on Twitter at Jesus Show at Jesus Show. Pat, welcome to the Jesus Christ Show. Thank you, Jesus. Um, frequently, um, or 
occasionally as a teacher, you come across a young student who's not only intelligent but uh, shows a wisdom beyond their years, and um, and they're referred to sometimes as like an old soul. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I was wondering, um, you know, what you had to say about reincarnation. Well, Scripture is very clear. There's there reincarnation is not plain to the Judeo-Christian um, scriptures. It says in Hebrews, and this is in in Hebrews chapter nine, verse twenty-seven. Inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once, and after this con- comes judgment, Paul also said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. It says nothing of the samsara or the cycle of life and coming back and all of those things. I will tell you that the old soul concept, the interesting thing is, is if you came across a child who seemed stronger than normal, you wouldn't think they were reincarnated. You'd think that uh, physically, uh, physiologically, they were created in such a way um, that they had greater strength. Maybe they were going to become an athlete or something, but they had greater strength. Intelligence is one of those things that people think, oh, well, if they're smart or if they're a good painter, they must have been, you know, Picasso in another lifetime. And the funny thing was, I heard somebody say this once, uh, not too long ago. There was a young girl, a very talented painter, that painted very similar to Picasso. She was quite young. And the early comments were, oh my gosh, she's Picasso reincarnated. Uh However, if you look at Picasso's history and you look the way he propelled himself in his art, that he was constantly changing and um, creating new things, uh, not going backwards, but going forward. Uh, as many artists do, trying new things. A lot of times artists become known for a particular style of art, but really they have gone through many different styles to get to that place. So if Picasso was going to reincarnate, why start back on a style that he was uh, died propelling from, that he was actually leaving at the time? I think it's more uh, human uh, for people to look at that and think, oh, well, they've come back and have this ability when really it's just a a child who is exceptionally bright or observant and taking in more of their surroundings and repeating them. You say wisdom, but a lot of times it's not wisdom. It's parroting. It's children hearing things. Maybe they're around smart people or they're very observant or uh, are very aware and take in all of the elements around them learning words quicker, learning ideas quicker. Maybe they're a deep feeler and they feel emotion uh, in a way and are able to articulate that. And so it appears that they're actually an old soul, but really it's just a child. They still, you know, can't drive. Put them behind a wheel. You put an old soul behind a wheel, they won't know how to drive. And Mm -hmm. I I don't recommend trying that, by the way. But uh, there are things that you could put them, situations you could put them in that would that they would fail at as children. They would be exactly like uh, what you'd expect a child to do. Um, so it's if it was reincarnation, they would still know how to drive or they'd still know how to do this or they'd still know how to do that. And it doesn't play out that way. I think it's just easier to read into it sometimes as adults um, that uh, children aren't as dumb as some adults think they are. Uh-huh. And um, so when they stand up, and they say something smart, I think um, it's kind of partly based on the bias of the adult assuming that the child's not going to say something smart and uh, because the child happens to be exceptionally observant. Reincarnation is a really uh, 
there's more to it than that. But Scripture doesn't allow for it. There's no place in Scripture. It wasn't taken out of Scripture, as some people contend, either. Uh, on its face, there are problems with reincarnation. Uh, the westernized reincarnation really is a manufactured uh, wannabe uh, based on the actual Eastern belief. And Westerners believe, oh, well, gosh, it's like a do-over. That's not what it's there for. Reincarnation is not considered a good thing in most Eastern beliefs. Um, It's a refinement of sorts, but it means you didn't get it right the first time. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.